Good morning. Welcome to Oka Community Church. If you're out in the foyer area, please come on in and join us. love when the head pastor does a guitar solo yes. on stage, don't you? 
Welcome. We hope you had a great holiday weekend celebrating Christmas. Uh, we hope you stayed safe and healthy throughout. Thank you for joining us both in person and online. Uh, we hope that you were able to be a part of our Christmas Eve experience, either in person or online. Uh, but if you were not able to watch it, feel free to go back and be a part of that service with us. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is Pastor Ben. I'm the youth pastor here, which means I get to work with our middle schoolers, our high schoolers, our college-age students. Uh, if we haven't gotten the chance to meet, I would love the chance to say hello and meet you. Uh, If it's your first time watching us online or your first time here in person, uh, we have something called a connection card that you can fill out that can help us connect with you. Uh, So make sure that if you're watching online, you fill that out so that we can connect with you this morning. I'm going to pray for us this morning, but before I do, just one quick reminder. Our student ministries is not meeting this week for our second week of winter break. Uh, So if you're planning on being here and you show up, you'll be here all by yourself, which is fine, Uh, but the doors are locked, so you're going to be cold. So we just ask that you keep that on your calendar. Let's pray together as we continue to worship. Father, we come to you this morning just uh, excited. Uh, We're thankful for the Christmas story and all that it means in our life. And Father, as we uh, embark in this new year, we just, we love that jumping off point. We love that refreshing of our soul as we celebrate who Jesus is. So Father, as we take a week to sing some Christmas songs and to wrap up our series on comfort and joy, we just ask for those two things. Uh, We just ask that you would help to fill our heart with comfort and joy this morning. Father, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and hit the uh, message. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. To save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. We're wrapping it up today, and we're doing things a little different. I'm going to start my message right now, uh, but we're going to be stopping and singing throughout. So I hope you got your singing voice on, or at least your good lip sync fake, whatever you do the best. Uh, We're going to enjoy worshiping today, and Ben's bringing me my clicker. I thought I got everything back in place after Christmas Eve, but I did forget my clicker. That's on me. Sorry about that, and thank you for saving me, Ben. Appreciate that. Comfort and joy. And I want to thank everybody for our Christmas Eve service. Thank you for getting out 200 boxes. That Christmas Eve in a box, all 200 went out. And we'd love to hear stories. If you, if you gave one to a neighbor or coworker or somebody and uh, you know that they watched, just encourage us by letting us know the details of that because we have no idea. They went out and uh, we have, I don't know, Shane has like 25 different methods of how you can watch the, the thing. So we don't know. We can't count. There's no count of who watched our Christmas Eve services. It's varied and throughout, but we have no idea. That's kind of frustrating, not knowing if you were effective or not. We pray we were effective. I think uh, Jim Bongiorno. Jim Bongiorno came in and helped me build that set on the floor, and that was no small thing. That was a lot of effort we put into that, and I thank the pastors for being always willing to do the stupid stuff that I asked them to do. I just appreciate that so much, and I hope you appreciate your pastors are able to have fun and enjoy things. And, and then just uh, all the work that went into it, the readers, um, I appreciate Roger Sovis doing our Bible reading and the five readers that took the part. And by the way, they weren't telling their 
entire story. I hope you guys understood that. I hope I set the scene by putting a title on the side while they were reading that. So many people came to us and said, I didn't know your daughters gave you a clay. No, they didn't. They did. Actually, my daughters were listening. They were here. And they were going, I, we've never given them a clay ornament to give a clay. And so that was, it was a reading. It was, it was an, a reading. So don't uh, go ask Emily if she knows what a 401k is and all that kind of stuff. Just, it was just part of the evening. And I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we certainly enjoyed bringing it to you, and thanks for participating in that. Uh, I thought there was something else I needed to thank. Oh, I want to thank the band today. Uh, what a crazy idea, and to, to do it right after Christmas. We're all extra tired, and then here I have a, a day when we're doing like eight songs, and they had to be here Tuesday for hours practicing, and then today we got here before uh, the sun came up, and it, 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 uh, it's a lot of work, and I want to welcome Kevin back. Kevin's back on guitar, everybody. Thank Kevin for being here. Uh, so enjoy that, and, and uh, Melody, Melody was called yesterday, we, our other singer got sick and, and couldn't come, and so Melody not only didn't get to practice Tuesday, she got here early in the morning going, what are we doing, and so I appreciate her being willing, so always good to be thankful for the people. Comfort and joy, that's where we've been. Let me do a big idea review. We, we started talking about comfort, two weeks of comfort, two weeks on joy, so the first big idea was Our compassionate God sent Jesus to comfort you, not to make you comfortable. Remember that big idea? He didn't come to make you comfortable, but he did send Jesus to be your comfort. And then the second week we talked about, I must cast aside counterfeit comfort while I catch and create certain comfort. Don't forget that God gives you comfort, but he also gives you a ministry. Uh, Remember one of the main quotes of that message was, your misery is your ministry. The thing that you've gone through can help somebody else. And I'm so glad that people are listening because I talked to so many of you and Myers are out and about and, and seeing you and, and, and so you would look at me and say, I want to be a comforter. I want to be a comforter. I'm, I'm thankful that you're catching on to that. Not only do we uh, cast aside the counterfeit comfort that the world offers, but we catch certain comfort and then we create certain comfort for others. And then last week we switched over to joy and I talked about the promise of Christmas is joy. I will be joyful. Are you full of joy? And again, it's not about uh, happiness or happy stance, we call it, right? It's not your circumstances. Joy is something you have when you look at what all God has done for you and the promises and the hope of the future. Those things are certain. And what do we know? Satan cannot take those away. That joy cannot be stole from you. Comfort cannot be robbed from you. God's comfort and joy. Which leads us to today, the final day. Today's big idea, God's comfort and joy makes me shout for joy. Everybody say shout for joy. joy. Now that was really good. This is early in the morning and you guys were kind of awake. That's great. So this morning while we sing, you can stand. If it's too much, feel free to stay seated. You don't have to stand, Uh, but we're going to sing while we preach and back and forth and and might even ask you to shout out a couple of things today. Let me read the main passage. We've been reading this every Sunday. You can read it along at home. You know what to do in the words in red. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all, who us in all our troubles so that we can those in any trouble with the we ourselves receive from God. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our abounds through Christ. If we are distressed, it's for your and salvation. If we are 
it is for your which produces in you a patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm, because you know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. I was going to throw a fake out there to see if you'd fall for it, but you didn't. You did good. Comfort. Comfort and joy. God's comfort makes me shout for joy. The comfort and joy promised that first Christmas was accompanied by the first ever worship service. I don't know if that's actually true. But when you look at it, our worship that we do in church today uh, looks a lot like what happened that first Christmas Eve. It's, it's in response to something. It's in response to a, a person, to God. And it's the angels. I've told you this over and over again, but I, one of the things I love about Christmas is what was happening above the veil, above the clouds, in heaven. I love what was happening in heaven because I can imagine what the angels were doing when God told them the plan, first of all. They're, they're hopeless, they're helpless, they're going to die in their sins. But I have a plan. Jesus, Prince of Heaven, I'm going to send you down in the form of a baby. You're going to be born in Bethlehem, in a manger. And I can imagine the angels going, what? The Prince of Heaven, the one we love and worship, the the one who created all things is going to become creature? He's going to be birthed? Gross. He's going to have to grow up as a baby, and he's going to start in, this, in this, this barn kind of an atmosphere. I can imagine the angels thinking, this is unbelievable. But then I can also imagine the moment when they were in heaven watching as Jesus was born, and there he was, breathing. The creator became creature, and he was breathing life. And the angels couldn't believe what God had done. The angels welled up. They were so overwhelmed that, oh my goodness, these people had no hope. These people were toast. These people were going to die in their sins. But God sent his son Jesus. And I don't know which one it was. I don't know if it's Gabriel, Michael, or some other nut uh, that was just out of control. But somebody burst through the clouds. I, I, I'm, I'm sure God let them. But somebody burst through the clouds. And the rest of them said, he went, let's go too. And suddenly... There was with the shepherds angels that couldn't contain themselves. And it became the first worship service. There they were, shepherds out in a field. And they're so excited in heaven, they couldn't contain themselves. They came down. Let me read it for you, Luke 2, 13 through 18. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel. I don't know who he was. He broke free. Praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. I mean, the Bible tells us kind of factual what happened. But these shepherds were rocked to their core. To all of a sudden have the the heavenly host burst through the clouds. I'm sure the light show was amazing. Have you ever seen the northern lights? 
that's an amazing light show, but I don't think it has any comparison to the, the, the glories of the, the heavenlies coming down. Matter of fact, when you see angels, usually there's flames and swords, and I can just see this, this heavenly band coming down on fire and lights. And I imagine when the shepherds told the story, they did not say, the Lord told us that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. No, I imagine they went and said, you're not going to believe this. Down from heaven tore these roaring angels, flaming, and they explained to us that Jesus was born. And we went and he was just like they had told us. Oh, well, get your flame on and your sword out. We're going to sing with those angels. Somebody tried to put it to music. And so we're going to sing that one song this morning, Angels We Have Heard on High. Stand with us if you can and sing it with us. I'm getting there. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains and the mountains in reply. Echoing their joyous strains Gloria in excelsis teacher once that wasn't getting us all on the same page on that song and he finally explained just sing eggshells if you don't know how to sing that song glory in eggshells deo so if you're ever wondering that's how he told us to do it i wonder if the angels had to gather before they burst through the clouds hey listen on the second court no i think they just extolled the glories of god well our big idea today is that his comfort and joy makes us break out shout for joy. The first point this morning, and I do think that first worship service that we talked about, I do think it teaches us a couple of things. And there's simple things today. It's between Christmas and New Year's, and you guys kind of need to let your minds have a little bit of a break while we just focus on the goodness of God. The first thing I think that that worship service teaches us, that we praise God for who he is. 
I think that part of the amazement the angels had was that God would do that. I mean, I think that's what blew them away more than anything, is that now there can be peace on earth between sinful man and a holy God. There was a wall there. There was a barrier that man could not cross. But God did something. There's a great book out there. It's simply called But God. B-U-T, God. But God. And, and in Scripture, there's a lot of times that phrase is mentioned. And it'll be the worst thing in the world imaginable is happening. And then it'll say, but God, who is rich in mercy. Remember? All these passages. But God. We praise God for who he is. I believe the angels were amazed that what God was going to do it, it, because of his holiness, his holiness and love did not compete against each other. That's the hard thing, isn't it? We like justice, right? We, we want to make things right, and, and, but we can't somehow think of love at the same time when we think of justice. And so we have all sorts of problems in our criminal justice system. There's all sorts of arguments about whether people are, should be in a penitentiary or a reformatory. And we, don't, we don't know. Are we, are we putting them in there to make them better? Or are we putting them in there to punish them? And you might have ideas and thoughts today, but it's all because we're not God. We're not God. God demands justice. He is a just and holy God, so he will make all things right, but he does it with love. God's justice demand a penalty was paid, but his love sent Jesus to die in our place. That's God. We praise him for who he is. The psalmist did such a thing in Psalm 150, verses 1 through 6. You can follow along on the screen. Psalm 150, 1 through 6. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heavens. Praise him for his acts of power. Praise him for his surpassing greatness. Praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. And by the way, that's a, a stringed instrument. It's not a politician. A harp and a lyre. Praise him with a timbrel and dancing. Praise him with strings and a pipe. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with resounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Colton, that was your cue, man. You should have. Praise him with a crash of cymbals. There he is. When the pastor's preaching, the drummer's actually taking a break. And then it says, praise him with resounding cymbals. Resounding. There you go. I love it. I love it. I just love that God put that in Scripture so that everybody knew it was okay to have drums on stage. It's okay to worship with the full array of God's uh, creation and creativity. Our God's a creative God. That's who he is. I mean, he made the mountains and he made the skies. He made those northern lights. And he gave us these beautiful things that we can enjoy. He didn't have to do that, did he? But he, he did creative things. Our God's creative. What else is our God? What would you say if I said, who is he? What would be what you would say today? This is where you can speak today. Loving. God is loving. What is it? Healing God. Our God's a healing God. Again, he's in the business of making all things new. Restoring all things. I love that about our God. Don't forget that. He's a healing God. He doesn't like cancer. He doesn't like disease and sickness. There's coming a time when he wants to put all that to an end. That's why this is not heaven. God is healing. He's a healing God. He grants healing to those. You've ever seen anybody that was healed from something? I've witnessed that and seen a miraculous healing. But I've also seen those who've, who've died. And it's hard for us to understand that. But God is 
a healing. Somebody else? Forgiving. Forgiving and faithful. Yeah. It's hard to imagine a God that is forgiving. Most of the times when we see the Greek gods, they hold grudges and they're angry. But our God is forgiving. And that deity thing, not only forgiving but forgetting. It's a God thing that he can forget our sins. He puts them away, never to be remembered no more. That's an amazing thing, forgiveness and forgetting. Faithful. He'll be there. He's always there. And I guarantee you, if you feel far from God today, we know one thing is for sure. You're the one who moved. Our God is faithful. He will never leave you nor forsake you. What else is our God? He's true. Boy, am I glad he is true. You can count on that. You can count on him. It's like that, that uh, plumb line that I've put in here in the sanctuary before the worship center. The plumb line, it's true. It shows you exactly. He's like the ruler, right? I mean, like the 12-inch ruler. It's there. It's, that's what it is. It's a measurement. Our God is true. I won't use the bath scale because you know I hate that. Every time I step on the bathroom scale, I look at it and I say, liar! But we hate that, don't we? We hate that, that constant rightness because sometimes it points out our deficiency. But our God is true. Our God is true. Right. Somebody said something else. Provider. Oh, our God is provider. Provides. Keep going. What else is our God? I didn't hear it. I didn't. Comforting and strong. Thank you. Tracy's got younger ears than I do. Our God is comforting. He's strong. There's no weakness in him. Anybody else want to throw another one out? Renewing. Yeah. Perfect. Why don't you stand with us? We're going to sing.
draws near and my time has come still my soul will sing your praise It says, shout for joy, all the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. I've heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whispers of love in the
can hardly speak peace so unexplainable I I can hardly think as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still as you call me deeper still into love Worship God for who He is. It's got to start there. You know, worship can be selfish if it always starts at our second point, which is what He's done for us. It is easy to think about what God has done for us, but let's never forget to start with who God is. We've got to start there. If we start with what He's done for us, then when we don't get what we think we deserve, then we, we kind of turn on Him. So, so many people have been close. I talked about it in our Christmas Eve service, the cynics and the critics. Uh, there, there are people that once thought they knew God, but have turned away from God, and it's usually because of a circumstance. Something went wrong. Somebody got sick and died when they thought God should have healed them, or, or a loss of a job, or... or a breakup or, or a problem at church. So many things go wrong in life, and that's a reality. And if we don't start with who God is and keep that the solid thought in our minds, then we'll get thrown off when bad times come. Even though God warns us that bad times will come, He tells us that because of who He is. He's honest and true. But the second point is good, and it's a good thing that we praise God as a response for what He has done. The shepherds returned in Luke 2, 20. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. I love it that the shepherds, it was quite an overwhelming night for them. The angel message, the traveling to see the baby, and then on their way home. Uh, I just, I don't know. The Bible doesn't give us those details. Uh, we get black and white, but... The narrative doesn't tell us. Were they hop, skipping, jumping on their way home? Were they high-fiving each other? Were they giving uh, Shepherd Juan a hard time? They're like, Juan, I saw you pee your pants when the angel came out. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think there was a lot more going on, and, and I love that. We, we don't know what's going on in the white spaces in the Bible. We can only conjecture. We've got to be careful when we do that. We can't make that scriptural. But there was a lot going on. But the fact is that the Bible does tell us they returned with joy. Everybody say joy. joy. They returned with joy, glorifying and praising God. I don't know if they re-sang the song the angels had sang. I don't know uh, what it looked like. But they 
had a response. When God does something in you and me, there is a response. So let me ask you this morning, and it might be hard because there's no microphones out there. It's not supposed to be a long testimony time. But in a short word or quick sentence, what has God done for you? Anybody? Saved me. That always has to be first, right? He saved me. Yeah. Remember I ask all the time, who's got a past? Well, we all, got a, we all got a past, right? Even if you were grown up in the church. Praise God for kids who grew up in the church and they don't know uh, the, the fallenness. And, and boy, don't ever think you have to be fallen. I, I feel bad sometimes that kids think they've got to have some big story, some big testimony, right? That they've got to be in drugs or in alcohol in order to go out and preach the gospel. No, no, not at all. My wife and I have two different testimonies. We both grew up in the church. I was a rebellious punk. I went the way of alcohol and drugs. My wife never did. She never did. She stayed clean and pure. And you know what? I love that. God saved me from myself because I was a wreck maker, but he saved my wife from all the pain. She doesn't have some of those pasts to deal with that I do. Well, that's a beautiful, to me, that's a beautiful salvation message my wife has. She never dealt with that gunk in her life. God saved her from that. We all have a story to tell, our salvation. Never be ashamed of your story. Don't think you got to add fluff to your story to make it better, right? God's salvation is great. What else has God done for you? Protected us. Yeah, protected. I don't know how many times we've been in the car driving away on vacation and we come upon an accident and it slows us down for like a half hour, right? And then we get further up the road and there's this horrendous accident. My wife said, you were so mad about being slowed down, but God slowed us down so we wouldn't be in that accident. Oh, maybe. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll never know all the times that God protected us. Uh, Julie was driving home just this past week on 15 at night and uh, cars coming at her, you know, there's just two lanes. So cars coming directly at her and all of a sudden she sees the guy behind her is passing her flying, fly. And there's cars coming and she quickly, she, she slowed down and got off to the, the thing. And the guy barely got over as the car went by. I told her, I said, you know what? The fact that it was you, Julie, and I know it was upsetting to you, but you're the nicest, kindest person some of us idiots would have sped up and said, no, and then caused a huge collision. But my wife's first reaction was, I need to get out of the way to make sure this doesn't turn ugly and save protection. We'll never know. We'll never know. Story upon story of God's protection. Barakel, uh, the place where God is blessed, where we send our kids up to winter camp. They have story after story. They had a huge fire go through the national forest. They're surrounded by national forest. And then they had this huge fire come through the area, and it stopped at the camp boundary. It literally just stopped at the camp boundary. That's an amazing testimony, and over and over and over again, you see God's protection. What else has God done for you? Heels. Heels. Yep, heels. Some of you might have experienced that. Some of you might know of somebody who's experienced that. We have a God who heals. Somebody else? Peace? Yes, he's given me peace, and that's how do you respond to that when God can give you a peace when there should be no peace, right? Uh, I'm sure many believers that are sitting here today have heard people ask you, how are you like this? Shouldn't you be upset or angry or mad or ugly or whatever the adjective might be? Uh, peace, where there should be no peace. That's an amazing thing. Thank you, God, for giving us that. It's a gift. Anybody else? 
He provided. What has he done for you? He's provided. Amen to that. God takes care of the thing right before the It's just amazing. We see that all the time. I tell you stories about ministry and being a missionary for a while and how God provides what we need. Not always what we want, but he provides those needs. He's a provider. Anybody else? What has God done for you? Gives us hope. Yeah. How do we respond to that? And no matter what the circumstances come upon this earth, we have a hope of something grand. Uh, He's gone to prepare a place for you. There's a place for you. Isn't that beautiful? We can't go anywhere nowadays. You can't get in a restaurant. There's no place for you. Stay home, right? Uh, No, no. God says in Scripture, he's gone to prepare a place for you. And he knows you. Just imagine what he's building for you, what he's he's making for you, all of his children that he dearly loves. Mine's going to have a hot tub. I don't know what yours is going to have. I love hot tubs. I just can't get enough. Love hot tubs. I know he's going to give you a hot tub. (laughs) What else has God done for you? Yeah, Jesus, Jesus. He's given us Jesus. And, and how hard is it to concept God? You're right, David. It's hard to concept a, a spirit being. And then, and then God does the beautiful thing by sending Jesus in flesh. And then we get to see God with skin on. That's a beautiful thing. He's God with skin on. And it blows people away when we watch how he lived his life. We see a God who's rich in love and mercy when we see Jesus interact with people. The women's Bible study they just completed shows how Jesus was a radical and he overturned what had taken place during the 400 years of the intertestament period. The stuff that we don't have written in in our Bible, the Bible ends in the Old Testament, there's 400 years of silence, and then we've got the New Testament. Well, in that 400 year period, we, we don't understand what happened because in the Old Testament, women were revered and lifted up high and had prominent places in leadership, but then there was this leader, what was his name? Any ladies in the Bible study? I don't know what is, what was that, Jalel? I don't remember what his name was exactly, but there was a teacher that came upon those 400 years who became really prominent, and he hated women. Historical documents show that he's the one who turned the tide against women, and they went from being revered and honored and placed high to that 400 years period where he then said, you know, how awful is it for a husband to have a wife? You know, and if she burns the toast, you should throw her away. I mean, he's the one who came up with all these silly, silly rules. But Jesus came on the scene in a culture that ticked women low. He showed up and he brought women high again. First thing they do in the New Testament, we hear that Mary, who's honored above all. And then on and on, Jesus does amazing. I should teach that Bible study. It's really good, isn't it? All the things that Jesus did to elevate women who were put to shame, he brought to honor. He did it over and over again. That's, that's man, or that's God with flesh on. We can see him. That's how he is, because we saw it in Jesus. You're right, David, I get fired up. Anybody else? What has God done for us that we can respond? He what? A new heart. Oh, that heart of stone, and he replaces it with a fleshy heart. Oh, I love that. Can you imagine what Bill Miller would be like if God hadn't taken that hard heart, put a soft heart in there? He could have been a mean old cuss, couldn't he? Man, all of, all of us would have had a problem, wouldn't we? If the heart of stone prevailed instead, God said, no, 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 no. If you come to me, I'm not only going to save you and forgive you and all those beautiful things, I'm going to give you a new heart, a heart of flesh, and, and you're changed. Oh, thank you, God, for doing that. Keep going. What, what else has God done? Somebody help me with that one. 
Compassion and love. Yeah, compassion and love. The compassion of God uh, that he would stoop. (laughs) We say it stoop low to reach to us, but he does it because he's a dad. I'm telling the band how much pain I'm in because I pulled a muscle uh, Tuesday night at practice. Kevin tells me I should come up with a better story, but I wasn't doing any like splits or anything with the guitar. But Tuesday night during practice, I had been here working all day and I drank a lot of coffee. And before the people came, I thought I better go get a mint just to help them up on stage. So I went to go get a mint and Melissa puts them in the bottom drawer in the office. I went to go get a mint out of the bottom drawer and I pulled a muscle something fierce. I've been in pain since Tuesday with this awful pull. And you know what? Our God reaches low. I'm at the age now where reaching low causes great pain. But our God reaches low and it doesn't cause him any pain. He's like that dad who reaches out to pick up that little baby. He does it out of love. Compassion. Compassion. I love that about our God. Are we on God so loved? All right. I start that one. Why don't you stand with us? Let's respond to all that he has done. First word of this song is, come all you weary. What has God done for you? Come all you weary. Come all you thirsty. Come to the well that never runs dry. Drink of the water. Come and thirst no more. sinners, come find his mercy, come to the table, he will satisfy, taste of his goodness, find what you're looking for, for God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only son to save us, whoever believes in him will live forever. Come lay them down at the foot of the cross. Jesus is waiting there with open arms. For God so loved the world that he gave us, his one and only Son to save us. Praise Him, praise Him for the wonders of His love. Come on now, let's praise Him. Praise God, praise God from whom all blessings flow. For God so loved the world that He 
couple of weeks ago at the end of a service and it has to do with knowing what has God done for us and I hope you see what God has done there should be evidence everybody say evidence, evidence. there should be evidence it's a great song written by Josh Ball oh, all throughout my history Faithfulness has walked beside me. The winter storms way for spring. In every season, from where I'm standing, I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life. All over my Promises in fulfillment all over my life, all over my life. Help us remember when I'm weak, fear may come, but fear will leave. You lead my heart to victory. strength and you always will be I see the evidence of your goodness all over my life all over my life I see your promises in fulfillment all over my Cross the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. See the cross, the empty grave, the evidence is endless. All my sin rolled away because of you, oh Jesus. Here's the key. 
Just stretch a little bit. Stretch a little bit. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days have been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing in the goodness of God.
Praise God. We give Him glory for who He is. We lift Him up because of what He has done. It's a response. Worship is simply a response. Whoops. And then lastly, we praise God as a testimony for Jesus. Luke 2.11. Today in the town of Bethlehem, or the town of David, which is Bethlehem, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. That worship when the angels came down, that was a testimony that Jesus was the real deal. They were screaming from heaven. Basically, they had a testimony saying, we've known him. We've known him from the beginning of creation. He's the prince of heaven. And they were given a testimony by praising and worshiping him. Our praise and worship about who God is and what he's done, it's a testimony for Jesus. He's the real deal. He's the real thing. And then in 1 Timothy 1.15, here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. Uh, again, I, I always tell you that any room I enter into, it's pretty easy to find out when I look around who the worst sinner in the room is. It's always me. Every room I go into, I'm like, oh man, I'm the worst one here. And I'm thankful that God, who's rich in mercy, chose to save me. For you, probably the same deal. You walk into every room, even when I'm there, and you think, you know, I'm the worst. No, you probably say PD's the worst. No, don't do that. Hopefully you realize that every room you enter into, you're the worst of all sinners. But God loves you. He came to save sinners. That's what the Bible says, 1 Timothy. Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the worst. What does Jesus mean to you? Anybody, what, is, what does Jesus mean to you? I have a father, protection, a companion and strength. A what? A reward. Great? Grateful, yeah, I'm grateful when I think of Jesus. Forgiveness, love. All these things, we should be people living in a constant state of a musical. That's what we're trying to do today is bust out into song. And, and, and really, you know, maybe you're not as crazy as I am. You're going to walk through Meyer singing. Maybe you will. But if you do, people will know you got a song in your heart. And hopefully they'll know where it comes from. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Forever we will sing hallelujah. We're going to sing that now. Go ahead and stand with us. And the lion and the lamb. Let's worship Jesus for who he is. The moon and stars, they wept. The morning sun was dead. The Savior of the world was fallen. His body on the cross, his blood poured out for us, the weight of every curse upon him.
to wrap that whole thing up. Comfort and joy. I hope this season, it was a perfect uh, message series for the time. We all know the time we're going through, but our God is a God who brings comfort and joy. He did it through his son, Jesus. I hope you found Jesus, the real Jesus. I hope he was truly the centerpiece of your Christmas Eve and your Christmas day. And I pray that you'll remember that going into a new year, full of hope that things will be different, but knowing that nothing has changed when it comes to our great God. we got to remember who he is. We remember what he's done for us. And then we praise and break out in worship because of it's a testimony for Jesus, what he is to us, what he means for us. So I pray that you will break out into and shout for joy. Everybody say joy. joy. Let me pray for you. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for so many great things. We think of your goodness. We think of your justice, but we also think of your love. God, we thank you for sending Jesus all the way down in the form of a, a baby in a humble town of Bethlehem. And God, we just want to break out in singing and in praise of you. God, I pray that we will continue to hum as we go through the aisles and mires and sometimes just break out into song. God, help us to have a song in our heart and help us to release it quite often. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You are dismissed, but those of you who want to stick around, we decided we were going to replay one of those God Rest You Merry Gentlemen songs. So God bless you. Go in peace. God rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior, was born upon this day. To save us all from Satan's power, when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and From God our Heavenly Father, this blessed angel came. For unto certain shepherds, for tidings of the same. How that in Bethlehem was born, the Son of God by name. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. Oh, Born a king, a 
Yeah. 